We're live AF. Alex Lopez. Is it good? Are we on? What, what's yeah. up, brother? Li- what's going live, on? Live AF. Live as fuck today <laughs> in Corona. It's actually, Corona's on fire right now. Do you, I, so is it on fire? The fuck's going on out there? Right when you get to like your Belinda, it's just like it. At first I'm like, oh, it's like a Christmas lights or Halloween. Like it's like this little strip yeah. going and it's just like, it makes sense. It's kind of like the pattern. But yeah. Um, yeah, it's, it's, I was wondering, I'm like, it's like smoky today and like Whittier in LA. I was just like, it's burning. This is like something's definitely burning on fire. And then as I drove out here, I'm like, oh, but I, I don't think it's houses. I think it's like a lot of landscape. A lot of landscape. There we go. There we go, baby. Get in there. Fucking live. Yeah, so, a lot of lot of landscape um, and shit like that. But cool to be crazy. Here. You know what, dude? I was today. I was just trying to look look for dates of maybe like when we like announced something when when you first joined the band, and I found something in May. It was two. It was May two thousand six. Fuck. So so you're going on fifteen years and being. In this room, jamming. Damn. Going on 15 years, dude. Yeah. I remember the first day I came in, I was intimidated. Yeah? Yeah. I was just like, Bodkins was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. The other drummer's here, man. Like, he's like, yeah, this guy's going to go before you. He just finished or something. Yeah, yeah. And then they're like, and this other guy's coming tomorrow. And I'm like, oh, yeah, this is, fuck. I still got to, like, try and do something. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, it worked out, really. We just kind of all clicked. Yeah, I remember. Uh, yeah, there were ch- Mark and Bakins were trying out other guys, and I, I was I was in Orange County working. Yeah. And, 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 and in the back of my mind, I was in no rush because I knew like I'm gonna show up when an Alex shows up because because <laughs> I know I know you're gonna come in and slam. So like yeah. So like I was just letting the let letting Mark jam with those guys. I'm like, dude, Alex is gonna fucking slam it. Yeah. I'm, I'm not. I'm not even fucking worried about it. I know. I was just like, we're, you're gonna get in here. We're gonna play some corn for a while. <laughs> we're gonna play some Slipknot, yeah. and then uh, probably play some anything else comes to mind. But yeah, it was cool. It was man. cool. I remember that day vividly. Yeah. Like it's after that we were here for like a whole bunch of other days getting ready for tour. Yeah. But I just remember like the first couple days the most because I was like, I had I was like I don't know I was 19. So like now I'm putting it into perspective. Little, little it's, baby. Yeah, yeah. I was just like in call junior college, and then I remember I like told my mom, and I'm like, Mom, I'm gonna try out for a band, and I need to like buy some shit. Like, can I borrow like three hundred and twenty <laughs> three hundred and twenty eight dollars? Sick. I need some pedals and some cymbals, and just to kind of update what I had, so I can yeah. come in here and and not like have like, oh well, you know, I'm working on trying to get some new pedals. I was like, I need them now. Yeah. And then it all worked out. Yeah, what what was going on in in your mind? Because I remember we we uh, SS played a show with uh, with one of your old, older bands in LA. Yeah, and I remember I saw you and like I'm like, dude, I got I got to talk to him. <laughs> just, I remember like asking you like, uh, so do you, do you still play drums, man? Yeah, you know, so it's just that instant connection, dude. It was, yeah, it was, it was weird. And just some backstory for the viewers, um, we. I met Garza in like what, like two thousand and two thousand maybe. Yeah, because you were in Thrush, so the Showcase Theater in Corona. He uh, he was at a band called Thrush, and then they would play shows with a band called Antagonist, who I was like their fucking like roadie, pretty much like their. Yeah. Hey guys, you just want me to, I'm gonna hang out, just stand in the corner and watch you guys jam out while I'm while I'm not in a band, and then I slowly got in a band, and then we started playing together, so we kind of met through that, and everyone knew me as a drummer. That's the thing. Yeah, and then guitar just kind of came like, just guitar, 
And then, um, yeah, I was playing in the funeral pyre. And then you're like, do you still play drums, man? I'm like, yeah. But I did. I was actually still playing. Like, I got back anyway because I took like a year or two off. Um, just didn't play that much. And then got into it, right? Like, And then literally weeks later, you were like, dude, let's, let's fucking jam out. I'm like, all right. Yeah, it was and crazy. That goes to show, man, like you... I remember having like a vivid memory of you playing Skateland and uh, you beating the shit <laughs> out, out of your drums. And like something like that sounds kind of like, oh, yeah, duh, like it, you should. But out of all the bands we, we played with and all, all the shows, like when someone like you, like you, like you, you could tell that you played from your heart and, and your soul. Yeah. And so the back then, like that, that like this stuck with me. Yeah. To like a little, a little memory, but oh, that, man. but that, that little awesome. memory was enough to like, and it's yeah. crazy. So I saw you and then I, then that fucking picture pops up in my head of you just fucking hitting, hitting your drums <laughs> out of fucking long, long hair and a, and a fucking, uh, and, and a little, a little, little, little bit of ready hat and yeah, hair. Yeah. So little shit dude, but man, it goes to show man, just fucking beat the shit out of your fucking yeah, drums, man. Yeah, because back then, it was like, there was no really, no social media, so. Yeah. We would, we would wait, like, all week, pass out flyers, and be like, I hope these people show up. You get this build, and then you don't, you don't, you can't check in anywhere. There was, like, chat rooms and stuff, but, like, I didn't know about that stuff then. But, yeah. Yeah, we'd wait, and that's why whenever, like, we'd play those shows, it was just, like, those shows were a lot more intense and a lot personal, like, more... You know, you're like, you have to go up there and kick ass. Yeah. So they can come back. It's not like they, no one had cameras and video, like, people had camcorders, but it was there and it stood there and that's it. Like, very, very, not so very often there was, like, videotapings of stuff. Yeah. You know, now, like, people can see you play and you're kind of like, oh, I still got to go and kill it. Yep. But it was a different kind of magic back then, which is, you know, not, it can't be remade, but it evolves, so, you know. Yeah, yeah, you're right. And it was uh, back then, uh, the the uh, camera was our eyes. Yeah. And uh, this, this, I guess that just recorded in in, in my memory. You know, mm. it, go, it, it goes to show just be fucking sick. Yeah. You know what? What got you into the drums? Uh, my brother Eddie, probably. Um, as early as I could remember, he always played guitar. Yeah. So he's like five years older than me. And he was always into music. My family was very music orientated. And then we, it wasn't, I guess at some point when I was like, he played guitar. I didn't really know about what a band was, but I remember that I, I fa was fascinated by drums and the way they looked. I think we would go to pick up a guitar. Yeah. Like when he would get his guitar strings and I, would, I was like, it must have been like nine or ten. And like my aunts would always would always play music and for Christmas and all that stuff, but um, always felt the drums and heard them, but I never really knew what they were. And I remember seeing them and be like, "Oh, those are cool." And then he was like, "He's like, you should get drums, Alex. Man, you should get some drums." And I'm like, "Yeah, maybe I should." And then it's like, it turned into like then I realized like we, we moved from East LA to Whittier, and that's when I found out about MTV. Yeah. And that was 1994 when we moved in. 93, I was in third grade. I don't even know. I was, like, still on Sega Genesis or something. And then that crossover, 94, when MTV was out. And I was, like, Eddie was in a Nirvana and Metallica. And we were watching, like, summer of 94 on MTV was, like, legit. It was, like, 
all these alternative rocks. Weezer was out. Candlebox was out. The Chili Peppers were out. Nirvana, like, and and that's just like right. That's what right when Kurt died too. So that even exploded even more. And wow. um, once I once I watched music videos, I was over. And then I think one of the things that got me going was. Um, I like the way Eddie's friends in junior high and high school, like I'd see like metalheads and freaks and like dudes in like small clans of rockers wearing like, you know, Metallica shirts and all that. And I was like, that's like, I want to be one of those people. And I kind of liked it. And it wasn't until they were like, Woodstock, dude, Woodstock, Woodstock, Woodstock. And what the fuck is Woodstock? And it was Woodstock 94. And Chema, my dad, bought it on pay-per-view. Wow. And Eddie was right there watching it with me. And like some cousins would come over on some of the days but that's the first time I saw what, like a sh- what a festival was, and it was like '94, so I was like in fourth or fifth grade. So I already had a kind of concept. And then once I saw drums, saw someone playing them and what they do to a show, I was like, "That's it. That's what I want to do. Like that's what I have to keep doing right there." Like and then and then it just went off to there. Just kept playing. Wow! Shout out to Eddie and 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 your dad, a badass Chema dude. Dude, I know. Love Chema, dude. It was just like I think Eddie wanted to do it. My mom's all Chema, order the pay per view. Who wants to see it? <laughs> I forgot it was on pay per view. Yeah, that's when. Oh wow! Back when it was on a like a little cable box. Yeah, like with a wood paneling and a fucking keypad. It was the old school shit. I remember. Um, yeah, I don't even know how he found out about Woodstock. I just remember he made a big deal. And this, we had those big ass TVs too, like those, the old school ones, you know, like yeah. it has four channels on it and big and fat. Yeah, it's just like a big magnifying glass. But yeah, we watched it, and I remember he listened. The sound on those things were always good, though. Sound on TVs nowadays, like flat screens, are like hollow. But old TV systems, like they had some fucking balls. In yeah, you're right. They had like deeper speakers. Deeper in Deeper speakers, yeah. and it was more like if you're listening to a, a show. It had more, like, more fucking sound. You're right. So I remember, like, I was like, why was it so much sound, like, sounded better? Now you get, like, a, you know, stereo, you get surround sound or whatever. But that did it for me. And then shortly after that, you know, junior high comes. And then junior high was great. Learned about everything. Transitioned from, like, Metallica Misfits to, like, The Corn and Slipknot. And, like, oh. But having friends along the way that were two years older a year older um i was i was always kind of hip to what they found out first so i remember like oh dude we went to this show blah blah blah, and we got this slipknot tape it's like oh i've seen that before but i've never heard it like how would i hear it and then i remember listening to him be like i'm in that's it wow scary and this guy's screaming and rapping what the fuck is going on (laughs) dude totally how how old were you when you first heard slipknot um, 98, 99. It was right before freshman year. Wow. Because I remember the first day of my freshman year, 1999, first day, Carlos was wearing a Slipknot shirt. And by then, I already knew who they were. Yeah. And the next day, of course, he wore, like, Limp Biscuit, Significant Other. And then, you know, we wore band shirts. So I remember, like, wow. yeah. Shout out to Carlos. Carl, dude. Mm-hmm. Carlos Man. Garcia. Antagonist. Antagonist, man. They they have a big, like they they've done so much for for our, our bands, dude. Like, to, yeah. like for us to meet and uh, and now I, I didn't even know he he got you into into those bands. Yeah, he would always cool. um he'd always come because I was like I would get home from school, but he was my Rick, brother Ricky's age, so they would come 
walk from cow high to the house yeah and when you're that young you're just like let's put on mtv and this is some cds and like they you know to listen to cds and yeah you like figure stuff out and i was just kind of like would show up from school and be like hey guys yeah like learned about everything and then like we started jamming together and then kind of went after that wow how what was Milan Sheath your first band? First real band, yeah. Or first real band, yeah. Yeah. Um, same thing. Just met a bunch of dudes at um, at a house party that Antagonist played. And I remember this, that dude, singer David, was like, yeah. Hey, man, you want to start a band? <laughs> I want to sound like the Deftones and Taproot. <laughs> right and up I'll, your alley. Yeah, and he was. I was like, yeah. And then we found... And then I already wanted to start a band with Matt, the guitar player. And then... I couldn't find anyone to play bass, so I hired my cousin Louie. Louie. And then that I just talked to I just talked to him on FaceTime like a couple nights ago. Mm-hmm. We're reminiscing. He's, Be- he's beautiful a, man. Yeah. Louis. But yeah, it was cool. And then um just like everything else, you know, I kind of like didn't feel like anyone in that band was like a real lifer. Yeah. You know, I felt kinda like I'm like, I'm just gonna do this until it it fades away because I know it's going to fade away, but I'm going to keep going after this, you know? That's what's up. And then it turned into um, kind of being bummed out. I'm like, fuck, I'm a senior in high school and we're playing. Our, we, our last show was with Suicide Silence. It was at wow. Lyrics Bar and Grill in Riverside. Oh, Lyrics. And it was like your guys' third show. Yeah. Or something. It's, I don't know if the cabinets are still there, but oh, it's, yeah. Oh, it's, yeah, ri- it's written right there. I forgot about that. And I remember that. we were like, yeah, David was like, I don't want to be the band anymore. Matt was playing with Antagonist at that point. Louis was like, me and him were clashing, just typical cousins. Like, we've known each other our whole life, and we're both like 17 and 18, and we're like, fuck you, I don't want to be your friend anymore. And then that's when I was like, well, no drums for me, and then took guitar on more. Yeah. It was easier to join a band play guitar, because... Any band could have one, and if you have one, you could have two. So you're just kind of, you can't have two drummers unless you're like the Two's and one. Yeah, yeah. You're just like, okay, guitar, I can I can nail that. And then it kind of worked out. And, and it went from there, like from the span of 2003 to 2006 was, from graduating high school and to joining Suicide was just the craziest three years, two years ever in my life just the fastest yeah going from like how am i gonna do this what am i gonna do how do i how do i get there how do i get on stage how do i play with slipknot like how do we do this you know yeah and then i realized like it wasn't just uh, uh you're there because i remember like young and hearing like bands like what was that one band silver chair yeah those guys were all like 16 and 17 years old massive but and then it wasn't until the joining this band that I realized I'm like, oh, there's always steps. So like getting from the garage band to getting to suicide is a step because when I stepped into this, it was like, oh, this motherfucker, these guys are gonna take me to an we're all gonna take a step together now into this unknown thing called touring. Yeah. And that's how you get to shows. Oh, and then like the more people come, then you get the bus and then you get money and signed. It's like yeah, and it's like, and then even getting signed was like another. We all like r- got together and then started hold hands and like took steps up, you know. Yeah, and that's how it really happens, you know. Like when it when it comes to it, I didn't realize that I always kind of just saw it from the bottom and looked at the top, you know. I didn't like 
put my head down the middle and realize all the years, years combined with luck, combined with talent and, yeah. and uh, energy. Yeah. But yeah, dude, it, it's, it's, and it's still going. Still going. It's still going. Every year, I'm, I, every, there's up years and down years, you know, and I think that everyone kind of goes through their cycles of life, and then once we all kind of come back around, then it's all there, you know? Yeah. As you said, there's a, there's peaks and valleys. Yeah. You know, and uh, thankfully, you know, you love what, what you do, so that just still allows us to, uh, to, to keep going, you know? Yeah, yeah. Imagine if you didn't love it or, or, or you weren't passionate, you know? Yeah. To still sort of think after not even counting the band, like even longer than that, like 20 years of you still being a shit yeah. out of your drum, it's like, where, it's like, where does that come from? Like, you know, yeah. it's like what it's like what keeps you, what keeps you still showing up, even even when you're going through like a low. Like what keeps you showing up, and I'm, still bring it. Yeah, you know? I think a lot of it too is having supportive parents. One hundred percent. I think and, and family, just support, a supportive backbone of family and friends, because mm-hmm. I have always felt like even if I fail, like they're still gonna be proud of me. Yeah. And if, if I kill it, they're going to be proud of me. Yeah. So it's like, I don't, I don't have a, like, and also like not having kids or anything. Cause that's a lot of pressure. Yeah. But, um, having the, like the, the, uh, trust yourself, you know, like that's kind of what keeps me going. Like whether I spend five years in my parents' house and then move out or whatever the fuck I'm not, I don't feel, I feel like there's always going to be good out of it, you know? Yeah. Also reading all these like the books with like Anthony Kiedis's book and Flea's book and Head's book and now Corey Taylor's book. Not reading, listening to cuz <laughs> reading is fucking That dude, I I'll be the first one to tell you that shit counts, man. Oh, dude, I've Right I, on. I'm I've, proud. So I multitask, multitask. <laughs> so when I wake up I'm like I got to go for a walk before I do anything. Yeah. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, an audiobook." And then just it I learned so much and and taking care of two things at once, which is like, it helps me also not like uh, procrastinate, I, I guess, you know, I don't, Yeah. I could listen to something that like, I could set a goal and be like, do this, I'm going to listen to this while I'm doing it, so. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, you're just putting nothing but literally pure words and information to your brain and, and, and into, into your body and it, 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 be, it becomes a part of you, you know, and then it, it and manifest in posit- in positive ways. So you, so you, so you know, you know, someone like yourself, you get like, you get that hope. You yeah, know? it's hope, and, and you get like a little bit of light, and you're just constantly searching for something better. You know, because 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 there is, you know. Yeah, it's cool. Relating to other musicians too, that's what's a, a good one for me. Like, you hear other stories of people going through some fucked up shit, and it's like, all right, mine's not so bad. Like. Yeah. I got to get my head out of my ass, get with my dudes and do something magical before we can't. And this year kind of made everyone realize how fucking awesome we had it. Yo, yeah. Like, I would play a shitty ass show in Raleigh, North Carolina to four people than to not play anything at home, you know. Now it's like appreciating all that stuff. Cause now it'd be like, hey, you you want to go back to the COVID days? It's like, no, yeah, wait, wait, no, 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 oh, never shit. mind. <laughs> this this gas station food's great. Oh, yeah, I love it. Like, God. fucking, we need a new transmission. We'll get it tomorrow. We'll be fine. Yeah, like, 
You gotta take a shit at, in the worst bathroom in, in the entire world. Yeah, yeah, sure. Fuck it. Love it. Dude, great. I love I, I miss it, actually. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do all those shitty bathrooms, and I mean that in, in more ways than one. My God. In the yeah. middle of nowhere. And a lot of venues, too, that have shitty bathrooms are like, it's kind of like a little trophy for them. They're like, yeah, we know. <laughs> there's like, it's clean. It smells like Fabuloso. Yeah. But there's just yeah. stickers and mildew, and it just yeah. like, is, there's no door. <laughs> The, it's it's legit. It's it's good, but it's just like it's yeah. really fucked up in here. But you really don't want anyone to be in here longer than like two minutes tops. They yeah, just, psh, get out of here, dude. Who's fucking kicking down the doors? I I never got it. What happened? Oh, to, no. What happens to the bathroom doors, dude? Who? I I think that I have to get a fucking shirt right now. I know. Oh, I, it's like kick, kick that shit down with the I, fuck. I know. <laughs> just God. take it off. Worldwide too. This is a worldwide anger apparently. Yeah, it's everywhere. I'd rather, God. I mean, even like, I think when a when a bathroom doesn't have a door, it's because they don't want people to shit there. Oh. And if they don't, because when people shit, they don't, not everyone <laughs> is like, can do it legitimately. Some people are mindful, but you'll get toilet paper stuck in there. You'll have poop yeah. everywhere and feces and it just, it probably goes to shit more, literally. Yeah. Than a bathroom that just has like a... Your cowboy saloon doors. Yeah. Where you can just, you could poop, but someone will be like, oh shit, so you gotta go really quick. Yeah, yeah. Oh shit. Oh, yeah, wait, yeah. oh shit. <laughs> but it's it's different. Like in the UK or like Europe, some doors are completely full. Yeah. <laughs> locked, and it's like, I feel safe in here. Oh, dude, when you get a full door and a full lock, dude, you, oh. are, you are having a luxury morning. Yeah, man. you're just like, wow. Those are, those are like the, the really, really good ones where it's kind of like, free like especially because we're all we're on like riding together you know so it's like yeah it's like oh you gotta like kind of have some time by yourself no one's in here yet i went into the venue farthest room in the left yeah and found this girl's bathroom and it's gonna be a nice little moment here just wash your face after and and peace out yeah sorry ladies but we always tend to go into the girl's bathroom yeah but i keep it clean <laughs> i know what's going on i mean we yeah it's not like we like don't flush but i'm always a little bit more nicer dude what do girls do in a bathroom i was dishwasher at a restaurant and every morning <laughs> I, I had to clean the worst part about that job was cleaning the woman's bathroom <laughs> i was like what the fuck are they doing in there <laughs> the smell i had to either bleach the floors it's <laughs> like so dude what what is causing that smell sacrificing fucking Raccoons in there. It's <laughs> <laughs> exactly what we did. Yeah. Oh, oh my gosh, dude, what the fuck? What was, what what was going through your mind when uh, when we started when when you, when you started to see like these crazy tour offers, like oh shit, like like we're going on tour of Slipknot or like uh or like oh man, we're like going from like clubs and and the. Uh, and the tour was like Slayer and stuff. Oh shit! Like we have like an arena tour booked. Yeah. What What was your thought process like? It was really cool because I was with you guys and we all went in together and I think we were all kind of like no different than like, like the Beatles. Like yeah. we're all the same age, literally. Yeah. And they're like, "Hey, you guys are gonna do this now," and we're just all like look at each other and like, "Fuck, that's awesome!" It was so it was cool getting into it with you guys so like a lot of it was comfort and i felt like security and it's like uh like the team you know getting getting higher up there but it, i felt it felt right too like i think we all kind of felt that way where it was like like this is our time to do what we need to do and we know how to handle this 
by that time we were already like you know over what eight to nine years deep of playing like we wanted to play in that spot that we were put in yeah you know we were we played every time that we did so that we could get to that point and know what to do you know yeah and step it up every time so it was kind of like this is cool and it's scary too because it's like damn what's after this you know yeah but all those like shows with slayer and just me it's just we all kind of got fucked after that like yeah oh true. i met this guy and he's cool and that's just happens to be the drummer of slayer fuck and then more people more musicians we started becoming more friends with them and it's just like i give up yeah what was uh what was a moment for you that when we're like, oh, what? like this is is this happening right now? When 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 you met somebody, Joey Jordison. Oh yeah. Yeah, we were. It was mayhem. We were out. It was like a little mixer going on, and um, Dustin from Walls of Jericho, who plays with Corey Taylor. Shout out. Shout out to Dustin. Yep. Great um, guy, man. He was like, "Hey, man, what's going on? Hey, have you met Joey yet?" And I'm like, "No, <laughs> I haven't." Like, yeah, I'm really gonna go up to him and be like. What's up, dude? You know, I kind of heard of you. Yeah. I was like, I'm not. I don't even. I love you. I'll, I'll run away. Like, I don't know. <laughs> fuck that. Um, He, what happened? Yeah, he uh took me in the room, a dressing room, and it was Joey's room. And he was there with Troy from Mastodon, um, Dustin, the drummer of Mastodon. It was like a bunch of dudes there hanging out, and, and he was like, Joey was really cool. Was like, hey man, what's going on? I'm like, oh, Alex, like, shook his hand. We're like, he said, dude, love your band. I'm like, yeah, oh, thank you. Oh, you fuck. guys are, you guys are not bad yourself. Yeah. <laughs> and then like, I just remember, they gave me like a beer, and I'm sitting there, and they're just all on the same wavelength, like laughing and talking about some shit I didn't even know about. Yeah. And I was just sitting there like, yeah, I don't know what the hell's going on. I'm like 23 years old. These guys are all like 30 like my age now yeah and i'm like fuck i can't like i get it i'm just gonna sit here and appreciate this moment and then at some point um yeah i just kind of like was like oh well, you're cool and i was like all right man good talking to you guys like, i wanted to get out before i was like too much like the person there yeah I was just yeah. Like, yeah cool yeah. and tough. then like i had a beer and then like had some stuff they were laughing and right when it was everything was like oh cool cool and i i like did the whole like Looked at my phone, I'm like, oh, should I? Hey, man, fucking cool hanging out with you guys. Fucking, I'll see you guys tomorrow, later. See ya. Yeah. I was like, walked out, I'm like, I have, I had nowhere to go. I, just, <laughs> I had to act like, yeah, I gotta go. I'll see you tomorrow, man. Yeah. Just outside, like, it was just like, woo, that was great. It's like, holy shit, that just fucking happened. Yeah. I think I ran over to find you guys. I'm like, I just hung out with them. Yeah. I'm, I'm, and meanwhile, I remember that. Yeah, everyone else is like, dude, like, meanwhile, I look out, and then like, Mark's talking to the guys from Disturbed. You're hanging out with these other people, and like everyone's like, "Oh, I'm like, oh shit!" Everyone's like, "Oh yeah, it's all the bands that played, no one else," and everyone's chilling here with their families and yeah, hanging out. Yeah, those tours are fucking nuts, dude. Uh, I, I was just thinking, the first time I drank a beer and eventually did shots and got drunk was on your 21st birthday, because because you're because <laughs> you're two weeks older than than me. So so when you you turn 21, I was like, "Oh fuck it, Alex is." Turned twenty one, then when when, Merch, when Mitch first started drinking, I was like, okay, that gave us permission to start drinking. Yeah. So when he was getting fucked up, I was like, all right, it's, it's our turn. Yeah, and he did it for a while, huh? Yeah. 
Yeah, once you turned 21, I was like, all right, I did the same thing. I think I think you did the same thing too. I never drank until I was like 21 years old. Damn. I never enjoyed it. Never. I still. It took me like three or four years to stop like um, throwing up after when I was wasted or getting like hiccups. Yeah. Like I would just get hiccups, mad hiccups, and it turned. And then eventually, just nothing happens. Just got yeah. hammered and fell asleep. But where, where were we? It was somewhere in NorCal, right? It was like a small venue with a with sworn enemy. enemy and diecast. Yeah, it was. Um, it's a venue that was only a venue probably for a day or two. Yeah, I don't know. It, it was like a hall, but it was cool. Yeah, I remember like oh, Gabe was with us too. Fuck, shout out to Gabe. Gabe Ochoa, Bean Trio. Yeah, the Bean Trio. Yeah, we did it. We did some other tours with them too, huh? Carcass. They might have did Carcass. Maybe Nile. Maybe the oh, it was the Nile one? That tour was a, a learning experience. Yeah. <laughs> we we never strayed away though from like there was no deathcore back then, so we yeah. toured with death metal bands that yeah. There was no like, yeah, we couldn't go on tour with like Fit for an Autopsy or, you know, Black Dahlia was out, but I think they were touring with like Testament and Creator, you know. Yeah. So it was early. We kind of went out with anyone. Yeah, that was kind of like our our unspoken mindset. Well, we we just want to fucking play. Yeah. I mean, and uh, we're all like a bunch of guys that we, we were metalheads, but we didn't really play death metal. But we're all playing death metal. Yeah, you know, like you're not like a death metal drummer, uh, but like you just it just kind of it, it's kind of to take that role in there. Yeah, and that's and that's where you're your soul and your personality comes out, you know? It's like you're, like, just just playing what you feel like playing, right? I mean... Yeah, and it's kind of knowing that, like, the, the headroom's big. Like, knowing, like, you can, like being in a rock band, you can't get away with some, like, death metal-y vibes into some blast beats and some crazy fills. Yeah. Cymbal grabs and this and that. It's like... But if you're in a band that is, like, pretty much death metal, you could always chill out slow down keep it keep it groovy but then you can go up higher and change it up so yeah it kind of is like shit i can kind of like kind of its own thing which is what like that style is it's kind of like you know the, the james brown if it, if it feels good <laughs> oh wait hold on <laughs> yeah if it looks good and it no if it sounds good and it feels good then it is good if it feels good and sounds good then it is good Instead of like, I don't know, man. Some kind of quote. Play me something, but whatever it is, it better be funky. It better what, be. That, that one song, what a sick, hard intro, dude. James oh, Brown, yeah. shout out, man. Man, what, what a fucking cool guy. That movie, I don't know if you saw it. Have you seen it? Yeah. Oh, Great so movie. Good. Great movie, dude. It's it's even more like, it's even more of like a personal because the actor, what, Chadwick um, Boseman? Bozeman? Yeah. Yeah, he passed away of cancer, and, like, same thing with Van Halen, just kind of, like, laid it on everyone at the very end, like... Yeah. He's died from cancer. He's been doing this. He has had it for, like, six years. It's like... So he knew, but it didn't stop him from making good roles and stuff and and serving the... serving the, the craft, you know? Serving, you know, James Brown that way. So I was just like, dude, this guy's, like, not here anymore his work almost becomes more sacred. So it was like, 
Really, yeah. really cool to see it. And the way he like took the role on, it's just like when uh, Jamie Foxx did Ray Charles, that was fucking really dude. Cool. Yeah, that was so heavy. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't think it was gonna be cool. There's a Hendrix one out that I need to check out. Yeah, I need to look. I need to check all these out. I got a long flight tomorrow, so probably download some shit. Yeah, Hendrix. I think is the one that like he didn't really get like a sick movie. You yeah. know? Oh, I see. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean. James Brown got a, a legit movie, sick actors. Yeah. I mean, yeah, you know, but he, you don't, you don't really hear people talk too much about about the Hendrix. But man, they should make a fucking sick Hendrix movie, dude. It's like it's just such a hard personality to like, you know. It's, yeah, it's hard. You get, you got to find that 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 right guy. Yeah, it's tough, and it's like the right person next to having. A team of people who are, who also have the the say so, like you know, yeah, like, not judges, but basically like the production, you know. So it's like, oh, well, I like this guy more. I like this guy, and it's like a board of, of production for the movie are like, oh well, we have to figure out what, what who's it gonna be, you know? Yeah, you got to have a sick team, as as we we come to learn. Man, I find yeah. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. everyone, you got you got to have sick teammates and. And your teammates, teammates, you know. Yeah. That, I mean, so it's it's so crucial. God, I mean, I, yeah, I, I don't I don't even know where I would be without you know Hugh and Mark, DK. Yeah. You know, Eddie, you know, just a solid foundation of of, of of good teammates. Yeah, having people to help you see different perspectives, you know, because oh, when I look into something, I'm always looking in and and like, oh, this is what like what I'm my opinion is right away, and yeah. also being a person who bases their uh, their what they say and their reactions based on their emotions, which is mm-hmm. w- one type of person, you know. Um, I'm always like, oh, like instantly it's fear, and I'm like, oh, well, this is my opinion, and then it's like someone else will be like, well, what about this? It's like, oh shit, okay, and then you'll be like, what a- what about this? Like, what about I'm th-? it's like, and then it kind of like goes into like, wow, fuck, we're all seeing different. What do you see when I hold up this picture? Everyone yeah. says a different fucking thing, and then we're all yeah. actually that does look like a squirrel. That, <laughs> actually, that does look like a, an orange getting thrown at a wall. Like, yeah. oh yeah, like okay, like I get it. It's like okay, and then, and then we all kind of put it together. Yeah, it's hard to uh, as you know as we get older. There's no excuse. Like we all try to like really sit back and and truly listen to what we're all saying to each other, and try to you know even. Some people, including myself, might say something dumb or fucking stupid, but we got we got to listen with the open heart. And it's tough to listen, dude. Yeah, it's really tough. Just like, all right, shut shut your mind up, and like, all right, Alex is talking. I mean, what what is he saying? And like, without me trying to come up with my what I'm going to say next, it's truly like listen. Listen, to what you're saying. yeah, it's tough, man. It's also good, like it's good lessons too. I think Mark does that where he lets everyone talk first. Yeah, and then he'll say, and then it's like, yeah. okay. And then we kind of go and figure it out. I think everyone has to let out what they want to put out, and then, yeah. and then we become more like practical and rational about situations, which is crucial. It's a very important for bands to hear each other out, and and understand where we're all at, and be real. But you know, the older we get, the more we become more open. Yeah, there's no need to like put a shell up or any of that. It's just gonna make us more kind of. You know, make us not take advantage of the like the beauty it is of brotherhood. You know. Yeah, the uh, 
the uh, brotherhood and the friendship is very uh it's tied with 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 the music because the music is important but it's not more important than the friendships because the friendships have to come first yeah you know if you have obviously you know if obviously like the music is very important but if, if you have just the music yeah like that's like you don't really have a solid foundation like you know to uh when you go through those those valleys yeah you know, what you know what what do you have and uh we, we have you know I, i've always thought about that like when when, when we go on tour we really when we, we've seen so many bands you know on uh, worldwide on so many big bands smaller bands and like their lack of just being close and then uh I was like, damn, like I'm, I'm very, I'm very lucky to be like, oh, like we're we're, we're actually friends. Yeah. And we're and we're just close and we're, and we're fucking chilling. And you see like like this banner, like it's kind of something's off, you know? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's like, damn. And it's like it's kind of crazy too how like you have to be friends, otherwise you're in a, in a band where. I kind of always imagine how it is with certain members. That you're like, it's business. They're a killer musician. They're hired. They're in the band, but. They're just not, they didn't start off friends and then the band. They yeah. were, they just said, hey, like, oh, you're a cool guy. You kill it. You can do the job. But in reality, it's like you're not very, like, you might not be tight homies, you know? Like, yep. even with Corn, I bet they're all, like, in their own realm. But it's sometimes I th- maybe, like, Ray Luzier is kind of like, I'm just not, like, really in this team right now. But I am, you know? They're friends, mm-hmm. but they're all adults. But mm-hmm. you can see sometimes, like, how head and and fieldy are together it's just like oh shit you know what i mean like they're they're just tighter yeah and it's just like oh these guys have known each other since they were kids yeah they're friends that's why they're still doing this and and, and slamming it yeah that's like that's kind of like the main ingredient just to fucking slam when yeah. there's four or five people that are you could tell on stage i mean i see it like every tour we do i'm like damn like you guys aren't friends and like yeah. that this is going to last five years, 15 years, but it will go away. But us, it's just, yeah. you can just, I feed off all this, our friendship, you know, yeah. and, then you just, it, and then it allows everyone to play from from their soul. Yeah, because we're not, slam. yeah, we're not kind of up there with our, you know, tails between our legs. We all know each other's family, parents. Yeah. Going to continue to be there. So we, we are in, we're in it ride or die. So that, that definitely gets, um translated out to the music you know yeah yeah it's, it's crucial you know and then then uh, that also allows us to go through go through uh, valleys you know and sometimes as we're experiencing a, a valley could be a month it could be years yeah you know and uh and it's really cool to go through the valleys with with you and know that i have people that have had my back and you For sure and you and you i hope you feel the same way well like, you know that i have your, your back yeah 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 you know we've we've had no money a lot of money, no money, money. It's just like yeah, but but we don't care. We 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 still like show up and uh, yep, and make sure everyone is happy and healthy. What's your what do you feel or what's your thought process like when like when things are on like a low? You know, like when when, when you're going through through that valley. I get a lot into survival mode. Survival mode is when I have to find out what other things I'm an extension of and that's when I'll go into like painting or like designing more or drawing or recording like something that I can at least feel like I did something that day I think that's like my my valley um persona 
it's like, all right, well, we're we're not doing anything right now, but I can sit here and like maybe I'll do a painting or like try to do one and get into it for the whole day. And then I'm like, and then once someone's like, oh, that looks really cool. Then I'm like, okay, I have to kind of find something to, to like meet up with that, like the feeling of doing shit with SS. Then it's like, okay, cause we'll get in here and jam and be like, we got a tour coming up and like, it's sick. You know, like those feelings we get of leaving and to do something cool. We might not have that. Um, all the time so when we don't it's like i gotta find things that can make me like feel e- close to equally as like not happy but more like uh like excited about something something yeah. to wake up to and everyone's different you know some of us do like video games some of us get into health and fitness some of us get into third eye <laughs> some of us get into like sports and fucking gambling <laughs> we're not gonna name names we're or, not gonna or, name- or are we okay. yeah. <laughs> I think I like if like which band member do you think likes to gamble a lot and, <laughs> and loves sports? It's like it's so easy. Yeah, but yeah, it's yeah. it's kind of like it, we all have our own like fucking Power Ranger power, so we very true. get together and just become the Megatron or whatever that thing's called. Is it the Megatron? It, it has to be. Oh, it's it's got to be something. I think it's. I think you nailed it. I think it's the Megatron. Megatron. Yeah. Yeah. Everyone's like, like this is the fucking. The, the artsy schmartsy guy right here. <laughs> it's the gambler. Dude, we are a bunch of Power Rangers <laughs> yeah. playing in the metal band. Yeah. Can't fuck with that shit. No. That's that's what the band is. It's the Megatron. So Yeah, and you need five people to make the Megatron. You can't you can't have yeah. four. And they all you need have all to know, five. Yeah, we have to know how each other works and connect the right way. Otherwise it's just like a fake leg, you know? Dude, we're like living like a Power Rangers movie. <laughs> we're like where like Megatron like comes out and he gets like his ass kicked for like five minutes straight, yeah. and then out of nowhere he just comes out. He gets like inspired and starts kicking ass yeah. out of nowhere. Comes out of the ground and fucking yep. a volcano and fucking fights people from outer space. That's us, dude. It's holy, really true. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, it's it's fucking cool, man. What was what was it like going in into rehab for you? What what was that? process like for for you and what and then what what made you do that what made me i guess the the whole situation was kind of like i kind of always wondered how how things would be like as things got more i guess like i want it it's something that happened because it was supposed to happen and i was always wondering like Mm -hmm. when am i gonna like chill out on getting really fucked up and depressed and like hurting myself or breaking shit and and becoming destructive and feeling like anger problems and emotional problems and getting mad at people for not understanding how I feel or assuming they don't know how I'm feeling and using that as like a a, a means to to express myself in a negative way. Um, it was basically, yeah, I mean where I was at in life kind of pushed me there. Just a toxic, toxic relationship. Um, both of us, not, not just one, you know, Mm. combine that. And that's like admitting that is one thing too. And then being like addicted to drugs and alcohol and like being like, I have to do this in order to go there. It's like, why do you have to do anything to go anywhere? It's like, I have to do this. Like I'm so bored that I need to. And then it just turns into like, 
numbing myself all the time. And then just into the, that moment, it snapped. And then it's like, fuck, I had an ultimatum pretty much with my my parents, my mom, which was like what like God did to me, you know, like said, hey, like just like music was presented and kind of like not forced at me. It was meant to be, you know, so when it was like, hey, you're like you got to get out of the house. You got to you're out unless you go to rehab. And then I was like thinking, I'm like. Well, I can like probably get a place or move in somewhere. I could find a room somewhere, and I'm like, but that's not gonna solve the problem, you know. I could I could live at a buddy's house for a fucking year and continue my my shit. But at that point, I kind of realized like I need to get away from this relationship and the people I talk to. I think I was like, I need to get away from this girl, and then it turned into even more shit after that. But and then I'm glad it finally went away. Um, I needed to see if I can actually do it. And then um, I really wasn't scared or nervous because I felt like I was doing the right thing. I felt like this is what I need to do. I need, I'm going crazy. I'm going nuts. And I'm fucking starting to like fuck shit up. And the next step after this is going to be, I'm either going to like hurt myself really bad or hurt someone else really bad. Either with, with a fucked up, emotion or a memory that they're gonna have to remember of me doing not like fuck them up physically but maybe fuck them up like mentally with how i was where i was steering like scarring someone you know my family maybe and it like throughout the years i think just like not mourning um like mitch's death or my friend's death and like all these things i didn't know how to like mourn or understand like the the stages of everything never went to like we went to therapy or like i had a psychiatrist and but I never really did the work, you know, because I was still like, oh, this is cool. Yeah, but I'm not like, cool, I'm just going to go get fucked up tonight, you know, and then like, oh, I feel great. Oh, man, you know, then it's like knowing that I was going to go to a place that was cool and I looked into it and I found it and I had help finding it. And I'm like, I'm going to be here for like 32 days. Like, all right, this is kind of fucking cool. Now I could see if I can do this and see how it feels to to do that and then I was looking forward I had like two two visits with the therapist every day um I was but also another thing I was like in a class not a class but I was in a house with like eight other guys or nine some days the guys would leave and more people would come in but there was consistently a solid eight or nine dudes there and just like real drug addicts people who are like I started shooting up when I was 12 years old I used to get fucked up when I was 13. Um, you know, I saw my mom hang herself when I was six. And then I like, I'm like, then it's like I started using heroin. And, it got, and I was like, all these people are shooting up coke, heroin, smoking crack. Um, and at first I was kind of like, fuck this shit. You guys are, you guys are all drug addicts. I'm, I just drink and that's it, you know? And then, and then I literally later realized like, I was starting to get into after the post shock of like being there for two weeks. And I realized like, we're all the same. Like my addiction is no different from that dude. Cause that guy, like everyone's here for the same reason. And then it kind of like, I learned some really cool, important tools there in there, you know? And it's like, I don't even like that person was like, it probably took a year, almost a year since I've been out to really understand where, 
where I was a year ago because I think I do things in years. Annually, I'm like, am I this person? Like, something could happen six months, seven months after, and I could kind of get it, but... And, you know, like, forming new relationships and, like, as life goes on, I'm watching my nieces get older and become humans. And I'm like, no, like, I don't have any, like, I don't have this rage anymore. Like, this, like, self-hatred and, and feel sorry for me shit. And then it's like, I feel a lot more comfortable um, being around stuff now and, like, being newly married and, like, understanding that. I'm like, shit, I have, like, a companion now that I can, like, bounce my feelings off of. She's not my therapist. She's my friend. So I, if I need real help, I'll fucking go somewhere else. I'm not going to bore her with my fucking feelings all day. Mm-hmm. But it's kind of like not one day do I don't, like, do I wake up and go, like, fuck, this sucks. I'm just like, fuck. I wonder what today is going to be like. Like, wonder what I can do. And what, like, how the rest of the year is going to pan out. Look, having things to look forward to, you know, and in the the situation I was in before pre-rehab and what I was into and what I was doing was just like a aimlessly looking for anything to to fill a need, you know, with no real direction of getting anything done to myself mentally. Yeah. And then, you know, it was a cool little crash course, you know, um, I didn't come out like full blown Christian. I just it I got kind of what I learned, and I kind of like let the the tires come down, and then like within that whole period of time, from like March of last year to uh, like f- December of last year, was just like this a transition of polar life, you know, like like just changed completely by just the people I was around and focusing more on family, you know, and it's cool. Like it's, yeah, it's a whole, whole nother thing. Um, it works for some people and it doesn't work for some people or you take what you get there and you apply it to yourself and it's mainly trying to find happiness to love yourself regardless if you, um, continue like to smoke or drink after, or don't, you know, it's just like some people have that, you know, as long as you're not doing it. Someone even said that, like, like, just if you're going to do that, just do it when you're happy. Don't ever get fucked up or drink when you're fucking sad or pissed. And never like, works. I'm like, and that's the truth. It's like, it's never do that. And that's like the simple code, the occasional fucking like. You got to be really happy and it's about celebrating and not getting overboard. But like, you know, like it's Thursday. I don't know what to do. I'm just going to go to the fucking bar and sit there, you know, and hang out with like that works for a lot of people for moderate drinkers. But for people who are self-destructive, like they'll do that and it turns into this. It's like my brother is a really good example of a moderate drinker. He just loves to go to a brewery, hangs out, has the wings, chugs some beer takes a fucking uber home hangs out with his wife and kids nothing no he they're fine he doesn't raise his voice he doesn't get pissed drunk he just he gets hammered but if anything he'll just throw on the smiths and like talk about how much he loves you know like random shit you know him so it's kind of like like i i had to like take a breaks because i i didn't know how to be like chill to chill out and do it moderately and in a good vibe so um you know, the feeling is, it's cool. If anyone out there like feels 
no one really admits it, but if you ever think to yourself, fuck, man, rehab would be a great idea for me for drinking or smoking anything. If you're if you think so, it's a good it's a great idea. You should try to do it because then you're like, fuck, I need to be like away. It's like some people can't get away like you can't. I was able to get away from the band, my family, my work. My re- I could those everyone's like, all right, dude, have fun. And I was like, I never had the feeling of like. I'm going somewhere and everyone's cool with it and I'm cool with it. And this is for the best of me, you know, so which is cool. Yeah, it was best for you, and 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 you went for you. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it really did, yeah. Because I was like, I hit with the ultimatum, and I'm like, oh, just chill, live with Garrett or something. But I'm like, no, that's not, that's not gonna solve this problem. This is gonna make that weird. Thank God. That fucked up Alex that no one wants to be around, you know. And it's not. I don't even want to be around that person because that's what I was doing to try to escape. So. That's so bad. You were a fucking dick, dude. You were drunk. <laughs> Holy fuck, dude! I can't even watch videos. Like, it's and it's funny because like it's just getting wasted for no reason, and it wasn't yeah. even like getting wasted. It was like getting slammed out to the point of yeah. being blacked out. And, you were bad, man. And just like every morning, I'm like, "What did I do?" It's like, dude, just I don't know what to tell you. I'm not gonna tell you to stop. I'm not gonna tell you to keep going. Just. Only time will tell, you know? Yeah, it's true. And then you get older, too. Like, can't be doing that. Like, the 20s, all right, but you kind of have excuse. But once you're really in your 30s, there's no excuse for a bunch of stupid shit at all. And when I I went in there when I was 33. No, I was 32. So that was kind of like 31. Okay, 32, you need to get your shit together and stop putting this burden of your of your drama and your your shit on other people and to help you get away from that you need to like quit your stupid habits you know yeah how you been feeling after like like when when you got out what was what was that like going in back out into the uh, real world (laughs) it was kind of like if i got abducted by aliens and (laughs) and people found out i was raped in the butthole like everyone treated me like hey man what's what's up (laughs) How, how how you doing? Yeah. Like it's like I'm still me, but yeah, I get it. Like I wasn't, I didn't, I didn't come out like getting too. It was normal, and then it kind of like all the chemical imbalances in my brain started like flowing, and then I was on medication. And that's then, tough, dude. And that's why it's it took it took one. It takes like how many days to to create a habit? A thirty-one. Yeah, yeah. So like right when I got the change of habit. I came back to real life, and they wanted me to be in there three months, and I should have done that, but I probably would have came out total like religious or something. Yeah, probably. I was like already like you know what I'll go to church. This is pretty fucking cool, yeah. <laughs> except for the fucking the savior thing. But I'm down for the the whole vibe. Yeah. Um, I had to adjust, and it transitioned. It took two months to get into a ha- a new habit while you're adjusting to your new habit, and then so on. And good thing we were busy, you know? Yeah. Um, kind of made me realize, like, what I want to do, what I need to do. And slowly the the bat, like, the the stuff that shouldn't have been in my life kind of crumbled away. And then new, new things happened after that. Yeah. So and then that was a new adjustment of, like, wait a minute. Well, it's, like, someone just took some shackles off me. And I'm, like, 
I'm, I feel cool. I'm not like stressed out over this person anymore. I'm just like, oh, it's like all this positivity, you know? Yep. And family there, you know, it's family's crucial. We're, we're lucky if we have them. So like, that's kind of what always put me, put me up there. Yeah. You got, you got a good support system, yeah. you know? Yeah. You almost lost your family. You almost lost your, your band. Yeah. And it's a yeah, fucked it up feeling, dude. How was how that like? Like, I know we had those conversations that like, we went to like Rock and Brews. Yeah. And we, we had the meeting with, with you and me, Mark DK. Like, all right, well, you got to like retry out. Yeah. For, for the band. Cause, uh, honestly, I, I never really wanted you out. I was kind of going with, you know, I kind of had my, my, my hands tied. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's understandable. But, but things were going so bad, and, you know, and then we've, you know, read so many stories and heard so many about our favorite bands not talking to each other and communicating. So we made, didn't want to be the cliche. So we fucking met in person and, yeah. talk, and, and t- talked it out. And uh, what was that like? I had to really put a lot of faith in the universe around that time. I didn't, I didn't, um, it was like going to the principal's office and you don't know if you're in trouble or not. You just know that you have to go and pay the piper, you know? You have to go and not bullshit, be real. Because then also it's a thing on myself to like, wait a minute, like, do I want to do this? Like, can I do this? Um, Is it worth it to keep doing this with these guys? Like, if I'm out, is that going to be worse with them or is it going to be better? Um, Like, but what what about what am I going to do? Like, I don't really want to do anything else, you know? And I think that's like we haven't even written our best shit yet, you know. And it's like we have so much more things to do. And we were all kind of in a different mindset too then again. Um True. With with what was gonna break us on top again. And we were all kind of just putting it together. Um the feeling of that was it's it's hard. It's crazy. Um, but it's the kind of shit I needed. I needed to know what I... You need to know what you have, what's at stake. So you can feel the the heaviness of it. Like the, the feeling of not having something that you took advantage of. Not advantage, but took grateful. Like, what's that word? You took for granted. There it is. So I'm like, oh, yeah, well, I could just whatever, and then they're always going to be there. But it's like, all right, we're going to take that away. And it's like, like, instantly it's like this void, this, like, hole. It's like, shit, like, really, like, what is happening now? Like, what, what, what is going to happen? And then after everything, it was kind of like, well, let's do one thing at a time and see how you are and see how everyone is because it's like you're – I'm just one of five of the problems, you know? Yeah, it could always change with every person. Of course. So that at that time, it was kind of like everything was flowing good, and I was kind of the one that was in question on trial, and that's what it felt like. And then um, just kind of being like, I'm gonna be true. I'm gonna do this because I want to do it, and I'm gonna let the universe. If I'm not meant to be in this, then it'll happen. If I am, then it'll be it'll happen, which is kind of like like uh manifesting something you know i did i was like i really want this really need to do this i need to show them i can do this i want to like 
I want to hold, um, set the bar in this, in my own way in the band with, if not my playing, my personality or my vibe or my spirit, I need to set a bar a bit with myself in the band and like not be that other person, you know? Cause then it's like, I don't want them to think I'm just going to lack and lag and not be into it. And like, cause there was a time where I was like, fuck this shit. I don't want to do this anymore. You guys are like, is he serious or he's just fucked up? It's like, I don't know. We don't even know. <laughs> I don't even know who that guy. No one, no one knew who that what person. Was going on. Yeah. In tears, pounding whiskey, punching walls, crying about not making money and not doing shit and still living with my parents and like it just like all would yeah. come out and everyone's like, "Well, fuck, dude, we're we're there too." Like, yeah. Like, look around, man. Who are you talking to? Like, it's just kind of like venting, and it's like. You guys saw some shit where you're like, fuck, this guy needs some help. Like some, he needs to help himself, but he needs to f take himself to that place. And the universe brought it. And then I went, I showed up with my bags pa packed and then did some work. And anything that I can do where I can kind of close myself off from the world and focus on myself and little things, I'm just like, oh, that's like my... I wouldn't say a rehab, but it's more of like a, a continuing this uh, like treatment of um, pot, like just self-love in general. Because I don't um, I don't know what next year is going to be like, but all this time home and this time I could keep by myself. I can um, use that when we're on the road. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that that's a weird time huh? when you're when you're post rehab and you're trying to figure shit out it's like oh wait do do i want to keep playing drums or do yeah. i want it it's, it's like this weird there is this weird confusion time when you stop everything cold turkey like like your brain's trying to rewire itself and your soul is trying to like reconnect with yeah with you. It, it, it's a weird time so you you were you, you were going through it man yeah i was like what i wanted to do was far off from what i was able to do and it was just <laughs> yeah. like this yeah and a combination of introducing new chemicals in my body like fucking gabapentin or anything they all the meds they had me on combined with all the old ones leaving so there was like two different things two different motives and one was getting this shit and one of them was leaving so like my body was going through a transition yeah and that shit's not like it isn't like going getting over a cold it's like getting over a death like it takes months to feel and it'd be like, wait a minute, yeah, maybe I just need to chill, you know? And it's like, no, but I don't. Like, naturally, spiritually, I'm like, I want to just get right back to it. And it's like, nope. So it's like, that's what a lot of people told me when I left. They're like, just take it easy, man. Don't, like, try to do anything. I'm like, oh, no, we're going to finish writing, and we're going to go in the studio. We're going to go on tour, man. It's all, this is just whatever. I'll be good, man. I'll call you guys. We'll fucking Skype some shit. And it's like, nope. Yeah. Just what you thought, nope. Yeah, everything was a nope. Yeah. The only thing that was a yup was like getting to go back home and be cool with my parents again. Yeah, after yeah. Everything. That was like the only one that Matt. The only real thing that was like, well, I have that, and I need to start there. You know, start yeah. from the bottom again, and then um, keep it cool. Yeah, you you come first, and then then it's your at home family. You know, so it's cool that that you really took care of it, the shit that really mattered to. Like to really make yourself heal, you yeah. Know? 
it, ta- it takes a while, man. It's such a weird when your brain's trying to re- like rewire. You know, it's so weird. And then like going to remember when I I, I first stopped doing drugs cold turkey. Like just going out to shows is weird. Yeah. You're know, like just going out. Wait, so I'm not gonna get fucked up right now. I'm just like watching the band. Yeah. You know, like and people are coming up to you like trying to buy, buy you shots. And you're like, no, I'm cool, man. It's like you're just like it's such a weird feeling. Yeah, yeah. It's like ugh. But yeah. but you gotta do it, and you and you fucking did it. Yeah, it's it's interesting. Shit just goes by faster. Yeah. Like when I'm when I'm like completely sober, it's just like if I do go to a show and I'm like not gonna smoke some weed or something, I'll just be like, oh, the thirty minutes goes by real quick. You know, it's like or when everyone's like hammered, it's like this time goes by really really fast. You know. Yeah. As opposed to like when you're partying hard, you're just in the moment and. One hour is, like, the best hour of your life, you know? Yeah. And then, like, you stay up all night doing crazy shit, and then all these false hopes that you, like, were thinking when you were in the moment, like, oh, I'm going to do great things. I'm going to wake up and fucking play drums and write some cool shit. And it's like you wake up and you're, like, your headache. You have a headache. hurts. Yeah. You don't want to do anything. You're older. You're going to want to just sit around and feel like a loser. Because you told yourself you were gonna do a bunch of shit that you're not gonna do, yeah, and that's like the worst feeling. It's like fuck that, dude. It was it was a trip for you know to be in in, in this room jamming with with you for the first time. And that that Alex Lopez, that young Alex Lopez, come in here and just wanting to have fun, the slam hitting the fuck out of his drums, and then thirteen, fourteen years later, you know, being in that same spot coming in seeing seeing what you got and slowly obviously like you're aware that i'm aware like it takes a while for you to like come back you know to, yeah yeah but to see like those from an outside look looking in to what you were doing seeing like alex lopez truly come back yeah and like man. just coming in setting up your kit like with kind of nervous and then as fucking hitting your drums as 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 hard as you can. Yeah, man. It was really cool. Wow, he's we're we're officially on the road. It might be we might be on the road for like you know a year or two, but dude, we're on the road now, and yeah, the, and we're and we're going somewhere special. And it was just so cool to see you back there. Yeah, man. You know, it's it's, it's special. It's so it's so cool, man. Yeah, I had I, I wanted it, and fucking mamba mentality. <laughs> oh yeah, man. Get to the top. And then just take it further. Yeah. yeah. So just do all the fuck you can and get there. And if you do that, you show up and you're prepared more than enough, beyond enough, then you'll be fine, you know. And the the universe will do the rest, you know. The yeah. Universe always does the rest. And you've always been really good at just letting go of shit. You know, maybe without you knowing, you just like let let go of shit, and then that's how you kind of bring bring like bring shit in. Mm-hmm. You know, it's crazy. You did that with your with everything, the band. You you let it go, then that's what makes it really come back. Yeah, you have to. You got to know it's weight. It's like putting the backpack yeah. down. Yep. And you're like, it could that not even a backpack? It could be your wings. You know, you you re, you don't realize what they do for you until it's gone. Like your fucking lungs. Or your arms, like, you know, you don't know until it's almost gone. Then you're like, or they're gone, and you're like, fuck, I can't touch anything anymore. 
Yeah. And that's where, like, the void is, you know. So, like, you have to kind of put it at risk at some point if you want to feel it, if you want to get to that level. And that's why, you know, it, it's not... A, it's a lot of people take a break from shit, you know. Some people mm-hmm. need it, some people don't. Yeah. You know, that's kind of, like, how it is. And that's something that uh, we need to, like, always remember that we're here because we want to be here. Yeah. Not be, There's no forcing of anything this isn't like um you know a job where you sign up for 10 years and you have to be here totally you sign up every fucking day that you come in all right i'll be right there yeah 20 minutes late but i'll be there yeah (laughs) every day 24 7 even like sub subconsciously yeah you know you got you, you gotta want it so you're actually playing shows. I am. You motherfucker, dude. I'm playing fucking shows, Jeez. dude. What? I had to do it. What has that been like? Woo! Well, the audience aspect is weird, but the the ability to get to a venue, hearing like people like psh, white noise to the PA, and I'm like, oh, this is a real show now. Like, there's a band we warmed up, you know. Um, being able to like bring my kid out, being able to hit up my companies and be like, Hey, I need some stuff. Like I, you know, well, we did the virtual tour, which is playing shows, but, um, playing like shows in front of people and hearing, well, they were driving shows. So there was a lot of honking, but the other ones were been like people clapping and shit. So Whoa. it's cool. It makes me miss it. But also I'm like playing the shit that I can, but not the shit that I want to play, you know? Yeah. That's like, uh, I don't even know. Just like going to a restaurant that you love, but eating someone else's, like another restaurant's food in there. It's like going to Honcho's and and they only have Taco Bell in there. (laughs) So you're there. It smells the same, looks the same. The vibes are there, but when they bring out your burrito, it's a fucking, it's Taco Bell. Yeah. Soggy, soggy chips. So it's kind of like, it's cool. It's great. Yeah. Not going to say anything bad. But damn, it's like it makes me miss like us going up there and playing our songs to people who are going to be there to receive our, receive it and sing back with us, you know? Yeah, yeah. Mosh pits and stage diving. So it's just like it's something that um, it's not fully there, but it still feels good to play. Um, I have to at some point. Like, I'm glad that stuff came up, you know? Yeah, it's like cool, these, man. These, um, you know, social distancing shows were great. I was able to do all that. And that sort of made, it made me remember, I'm like, fuck, like, I got to set all my own shit up. I didn't have a drum tech or anything. I got to like break it down and put it in the car. There's no van and trailer. My cases are here. So I'm just yeah. like, oh, this is like, a, this is what I got this shit. I was doing this shit in Skateland and Chain Reaction, yeah. you know, like for the first seven years of my drumming, you know, since those beginning shows in like 90, 99 or 2000. Yeah. Playing in backyards with no band, just my brother and Carlos and and then like cramming it all everywhere, never really having a real like crazy particular way of doing it. Just did it all myself. And then it's like now I realize having the tech and the the cases and all the little luxurious things are so awesome and I'm like, fuck. But I think we've always been grateful for that kind of stuff. Yeah, totally. It's like, like how the hell do we get here? We've never, ever, ever played a show at a sixth stage with an awesome venue and a great system and been like, oh, okay. We're always like, 
dude. This is fucking dope. Fuck. Like nerding out on everything. So we we always I think we've always appreciated like all that stuff. Now we'll definitely appreciate it more. Totally. It's always been a trip like jamming here in this room. And then we go out and on on the bus and then we, we show up at a fucking arena. Yeah. We're like, how the fuck did this happen? Oh yeah. <laughs> it's fucking nuts, dude. We we've always been we've always been grateful for it. Yeah. You know? But do you I remember uh, yeah, me me and Cece came out to the uh to your show, Apala. Apala, yeah. Casino. Did that drive a sketchy? Oh. I, I was scared. I went during the day and I was like, This where is this going? And then I left um It's kinda of middle of nowhere. Yeah. I ended up staying at Dan Kenny's. Oh yeah, the, Dan went, Missy went, it was cool. Yeah. Um Thank God they live so close because I was so beat. And then, yeah, like that's just canyons. It's like, is there any? And yeah. then the phones don't work. So the phones don't work. And you have people. I, this blows my mind. Dude. Why do people drive like shit? Like you're in a sketchy road. The people behind you are like trying to drive all fast. And I'm like, dude, what are you? <laughs> this is a sketchy road. And you want to drive all fucking fast? Like they're just like it's fucking, a it's a yeah, six year old kid driving. Jesus Christ, man. <laughs> but yeah, sketchy drive. But dude, it was worth it. Like I uh, seen, you know, because because you your style of drumming really fits the style of that that band. Oh, you know, thank like, God. I, mean, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I mean, I mean, obviously, because you have like that that in your blood that that like yeah, you know, yeah. swing, you know, that Latino swing, Latino swing, you know, just like it's it's just my closet music that I've always wanted to play. It's so now, now yeah. I could play it and be like, I can get away with it in this stuff, like because it's it's they're more yeah. it, like they're all metal already. And yeah. they're playing mariachi, so I can just be normal, yeah, and play like some, you know, some some flavorful shit, and with metal behind it. So it's kind of like, oh, I've always wanted to do this, and they're they're all cool. They're really cool, man. I like I like uh, I met the singer, yeah, Corey, yeah, one of the and one of the guitar players and a bass player. Yeah, they're cool guys, man. Yeah, yeah, we did. Um, Raw came out. For a show with us, sick. He came out of Ventura. Oh yeah, yeah. He came out to Ventura because he's like, oh wait, oh, what the fuck happened? All right, so we played the drive-in theater in Ventura, California. Yeah. And then I had been talking to Raw because we did a video for the internet, a Michael Jackson cover with Eddie and Carlos. Beautiful. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Raw's like, "Yo, I'm gonna come out. I live in there. You know, I live there." He came out as soon as he showed up. Their manager, Metalogic managers, knew him from the cruise. Yeah. He's like, oh, what's up, man? He's like, hey, man, you're going to get up on stage and play a song with us? He's like, okay, I will. Yeah, no problem. Let me go get my bass. And he, like, went got his bass. 25 minutes later, we're on stage during soundcheck, learning, like, under underneath the bridge. Sick. Um, crazy train, raining blood. And he just picked it up. I mean, he's sick. And then we're like, all right, well, we play ha- we're going to play five songs. Alex is going to play two. And then you come in. And then you guys just do a freestyle jam off. And I'm like, cool. Yeah. And then I'm like, I even told him, like, hey, so how do you want to, like, what do you want to do for our jam? He's just like, I don't know. Let's just make it up. And I'm like, yeah, I know. But it's like, oh, well, just start off, like, um, uh, what is it? For whom the bell toes? Yeah. And I'm like, let's just start off with that and get him clapping. And then you can do that. <laughs> and then after that, let's just go ham. And it worked out. Right. And then, the yeah, the next show. Which was like a month later, he uh, he came out and we did more stuff and it's cool. It's really cool. He's into it. His it's funny because they all have alter egos, like different names. Yeah, and they he, they named him uh, 
Bean Simmons. boy. <laughs> That's sick. He even had a luchador mask. Even though he's not really like full beaner because he's yeah. Chilean. So he's <laughs> it's just funny. He had a luchador mask that happens to have like the Gene Simmons yeah. thing on it. So we just all have fun and it was cool, but it was, you know. Yeah, he's like a he's like a bass player. He's like he's like a sick bass player. Huh? Yeah, he's a total f- ripper. He's a ripper. Right on. He knows like he can play almost every style. And it's crazy how many people he's like just homies with. Like just oh yeah, you know Flea and Anth- and fucking Chad Smith. Trujillo, well, of course you know Trujillo. Damn, you're in sick. his band. Yeah, you know, like fuck, you're super cool. <laughs> yeah, but he's like humble. He doesn't even know. He's just like, yeah, it's cool. suicidal, man. Yeah. yeah, he's just like, whatever, dude. Like, I don't know when this is gonna end. I could get in a car accident. And my hand could be gone. Like, yeah, he. That's his whole vibe. He's beautiful. Just, he's super humble and nice. Wow. And just like, all right, cool. It was good jamming I'm, with you. I want to meet him. Yeah, and jam right. with him. Be sick. You could probably get him in here. I could. I could. Be I'll, I'll let him know. All right, we'll fucking jam. Yeah, freestyle. Yeah, yeah. So, so he knows like under the bridge and stuff, and like everything. The, oh yeah, he knows everything. Oh, dude. I don't even know how to explain it, but it's like uh, another another one of us, or like a Carlos. Oh, like love just, that. Just like play an Offspring song. Boom, knows it. Um, Damn, I love that. Hit me with a random this. You know, it's like play, play, play some, yeah. Play uh, Suck My Kiss. Yeah. Like a bow, bow. Oh, gow, yeah. Gow, he gow. knows, like, oh, every dude. Peppers. Heavy. Every Pepper song. All the Talica. Um, he just knows a lot of... And he also knows a lot of, like, traditional shit. Like, he's... He can play almost any Rush song. Like, oh, he's like a... Oh, that's... Okay. Yeah. He's Beautiful. Just, he's just one of those. Yeah. It's like... Love that. Yeah, he's he's rad. Yeah, he's a cool dude. So he's he should definitely get in here. Dude, hell yeah! What what was up? Because I I saw that picture, and I, I got kind of jealous. <laughs> You're like they're <laughs> fucking killing it. Fuck both of those guys. The, what do you fucking try trash your drums or what? The white <laughs> the, the, the white set? Yeah. Oh my god. Oh, I just pushed them over. Okay. Yeah. No, I didn't. I, like at the very end, I was like, like yeah, and I was just like, bloop. Okay. And they just went bloop. Okay. And like they didn't like I didn't break anything. I already knew that I wasn't getting, like, everything was, like, pretty, pretty easy on that stage. It was, like, like, if I were to push them over in here. Yeah. They just fell. The riser was, like, a, like a foot long. Yeah. So nothing got bent. Nothing got tweaked. Nothing. Yeah. It was all, Yeah, like, that's the, I mean, we, we destroyed, like, the other shit, but, man, that's your white kit, dude. Oh, I yeah. was like, what the fuck's you doing, man? Yeah, no, they got, they are fine. I pushed them over like in a way that they kind of like just like clustered together. Yeah. And they like fell over. And then it, it looked more than it looked on like pictures and stuff. Dude, it, look, okay. it looked yeah, like yeah. I destroyed it. Oh, it's like, whoa, no. No, no. I, I literally I just, I just pushed them over. I think I I'm unplugged jealous. my trigger. Yeah. Pulled my snare toward me and then pushed, pushed the toms over. And then everything just kind of like fell down, but not like nothing crazy. Nothing Dude. got chipped. Dude, how the whole thing happened with, like, destroying your drum set? How how did that shit start? You did. <laughs> how did I, yeah. What the fuck happened? One, you definitely uh, were a strong uh, enabler in that. I definitely enabled, probably. Yeah, I was. You're like, dude, I'm just gonna feel it, and I'm fucking doing this, and I'm like, I mean, I want like that too. That's, I'm down too. Shit, yeah. if you do it. 
that means I can do it, yeah. and then we can do it, and it'll get done. <laughs> <laughs> and it got done. And it got done. So we would, yeah, we were, uh, I'm trying to think of the first time um, we, you, what, what happened? I think you took your guitar and you threw it across a room in here. And then like, we were like, what the fuck? Yeah. And then you're like, it was, it was a part of the song. We were all getting down and oh, jamming. Yeah. We're all in the zone. And then I just see you like fucking get it. And you just fling it through. And I like went through your cab or something. <laughs> and that was, I was like, maybe he's like having a bad day or a really good day. It was a good day. Yeah. Yeah. And then I realized it later. I'm like, oh, and then we played a show where I don't know, but you had you had done that. You you were playing and then you you started going to the kit and it's like going in there and it was cool because it like clink everywhere and like it's like, you know, it's throwing yeah. it's throwing a a bowling ball through some pins, you know. And then I was, and then it, after that, I was like, "Well, fuck! If he's gonna do that, then I'll at least push him over, so you're not the only one just like going nuts." And then I think we had the conversation. We're like, "All right, let's just do it. Let, let me get a kit." And then you're like, "I think you got a guitar, or you were getting guitars that you can you can use for that expression, yeah, for that, you know, that um, that stage vibe, that that like that production, that the whole thing." And then we all kind of we just dove into it. For a whole yeah. tour, I had explained to some people recently, like online. One guy's like, "Do you have like two kits, or how does it work?" And I explained to him how we do it. I didn't yeah. tell him your end. Yeah, I just told him like how I do it with drums, and they're like, "Oh, okay." I was like pretty descriptive. We looked. Sometimes we didn't do it. Sometimes we did. Sometimes we did it on purpose and planned on it. Yeah. But most of the time, we we're finding crappy. I was finding crappy kits. Not crappy. Very, very cheap, great old kits. Dig roll style, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then we, yeah, we just started going for it. And we started, we did like Russia that way. And then it just started evolving until like, you know, not to say it'll, I mean, it might happen again or it might not, but it might or might not. Like, I don't know. I think yeah, who knows? if it happens, it'll be like, hey, this show is going to be sick. I found a kit on OfferUp <laughs> for 120 bucks. Um, I'm gonna get it, and we're gonna fucking do some shit today, and and just go for it, and then, you know, it'll be that, you know, not the white kit though. Yeah, the white <laughs> the white kit's a fucking special. It's kit, funny man. how drum sets are. They're like they're like good guitars. Like the older they get, the more expensive they become. So yeah. Like, so like Thomas Star Classics, like mine, the Maple. I don't even know. It's like worth like half like. Half more than it was now, just because it's yeah. they just everything's serial number. They paint it once. That's why it's like when you try to order something from a company, you're like, "Oh, do you guys make the clear ones?" They're like, "No, we did that like four years ago. They're done." So it's like, "Wow, oh, wait, they're scarce. They're limited. They're not smart." Yeah, I'm like, that's how you're able to do it. Vintage gear, man. That's that's a thing. It's a vintage gear. Yeah. No less is charged double. Pretty Fuck much. It. Then. Someone will want it. Oh yeah, of course, dude, totally. But yeah, the, that was fun, dude. Good time. Yeah, that the only thing I it was cool. The only thing I really that was the downfall was well having to figure out if the kit worked the next day. Oh yeah. But the the tones, drums, 
when drums are not nicely tuned and balanced and arranged properly and positioned with good mics that are going to be there tomorrow, the live tone suffers, you know. Totally. I've heard someone, I'm like, oh, it's just kick, snare, and junk. But then I've heard, like, the kit when it all mic'd up and nice. It's like, oof, crispy and great and everything's nice. And yeah, you're not, you're not, um, cheating your fans that go there who want to hear you play some really good fills totally you know you need those loud ringing um tuned toms no different like it's like going up there and playing your set with two strings like, yeah you're literally like not playing it it's not it's there you're playing it and you're playing it right but you're kind of like robbing them a little bit of what the full thing should sound like you know? yeah i wouldn't like to see it depends what kind of band though Nirvana, if they did that, fucking who gives a shit? But yeah. if I go see like Deftones and his kit doesn't sound great, I'll, yeah. be, I'll be a little salty. Yeah, of course. I'll be a little bummed out. I don't even get mad when they play the songs wrong or end them early yeah. or start choruses where they don't go. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, oh, you wrote it. You could do what you want. But the, if the tones are shitty, then I'm like, fuck you guys. Dude, how was it seeing a like side stage when you're, when you're like when, when you're up close like that to like to like one of your idols? It's such a crazy experience. It's nuts. I love it. I does nothing like it. And every time I'm do, I'm there, I've watched them side stage like five times in my life. All of them by chance, always by chance, literally always by fucking chance. Yeah. You know, I was like, oh, somehow I get on stage and somehow I work my way by a drum behind the side yeah and some it just happens i just get there and it works out yeah um even the last show um the other los deftones i had my pass and as i was going in there um some guy that was the stage manager knew who i was we knew him he was like he i forgot who we toured with but we know him he was he's like a mexican dude um i don't know who he toured with though but anyways he was there and he's like oh what's up man i'm like i just want to watch like yeah get over here yeah i'm like fuck here i am again watching abe cunningham you know shred and and play good it's inspiring and it's kind of like it just gives me so much hope to see a dude who's like relatively older than me and just happy and he just he's himself and he makes people who love his style happy you know like yeah one of the one of the other ones was when we saw prophets tom morello's was tom morello was Right there. You were on the you were on the stage left monitor world, and I was stage yeah. right, like bass world. Yeah. And I was just like, I remember watching him play, and you're just sitting there like, yeah. Mark, Mark, uh, he uh, he fucking saved saved me a spot, like right in the, like the, right in the front of like the board. He, he was like he, he he like came like 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 not over. He was like, dude, thank you. Dude, and you it was had so like right there. At Tom you Marello. had the spot. Thanks, dude. Mark. Yeah, I know you were <laughs> dude, like, so you, sick. You were like five to six feet away from him like you were so like so weird when they're right there and it's like and he's a big he's kind of a tall dude you know like i thought yeah. I, I didn't know what to expect when i would see them but they're like yeah they went hard and then after that it was just kind of like what can we do now to possibly like ma- desensitize us to any form of like being like astonished when we see someone like i have to like i have to see paul mccartney now like yeah. In order to feel anything. Yeah. Like now if I see like prophets again, I'll be like, Oh yeah, I saw this before. It's like I've seen Metallica sort of close by. And 
recently, and I'm kind of like, I think if I were if they were to walk in a room, I wouldn't be starstruck, but I'd be like, this is fucking dope. Yeah. But like now it's like it's got to be Paul McCartney or like Courtney Love or something where I'm like, whoa, that's fucking like we saw Billy Corgan. Like, yeah, it just keeps going. Yeah, it keeps going. I don't know who the fuck I can see or meet now besides Dave Grohl, of course. Do you? That do you would, I, I always feel this way. Do you ever like struggle like like I'm like, you know what? I don't I don't belong here. I always feel that way. I'm like all the, like, all the time. Like yeah. when, you're, when, you're like, when you're in like those rooms, sometimes you're like, I don't belong here. Yeah, what, what the, the fuck, fuck am I doing here? Yeah, because I'm not about to be like fake to get attention to. Yeah, people. totally. I'm like, yeah. I have nothing to do here. <laughs> I don't. This is not for me. Yeah. But I think one day it'll be our time to be there. You know, like mm-hmm. in somehow a way, because it's like those rooms are like this, this, these are rooms for like Scott Ian and Charlie Benante and fucking singer from this band like rock stars you know yeah or people who have been around like playing forever yep and if we're in there it's just like fuck dude like fuck but it's also when we're in in our in our realm you know like yeah if we do like a a death metal or a deathcore festival with like chapel and all these other bands and we're all having fun and chilling yeah and there's a band there it's kind of like what are we doing here? Yeah. Fuck. They're just like, and I always see that that too. It's like it's okay to feel like you don't. It's not your area yet, you know. Yeah. Because that'll totally. come eventually. Yep. Yeah. Some crazy shit. So, uh, congratulations on being married. Thank you. Second one in the band to be married. Second one, dude. How are we feeling? Good. I'm about to see her in two days if they let me in. Wow. I know. I had to get all kinds of shit in line to go but i'm ready i'm gonna spend the holiday seasons over there and that's great start a new chapter it's 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 so crazy to have a feeling of not knowing what's gonna be like you know like yeah i think last year i kind of had like oh well i'm gonna like be home with the family it's cool i was still with her last year like talked and then now it's like i'm gonna go to another country i'm not gonna understand anyone I'm going to, like, now it's actually kind of cooler. I kind of wanted it. This is another rehab. Like, not a rehab, but, like, a out of my comfort zone. Like yeah, Now yeah. I can kind of focus on more health and fitness. Not being in my house where there's so much temptation of everything. So, like, yeah, yeah. fucking food is a motherfucker, you know? Oh, yeah. And it's just like, so whatever. Many cookies. Yeah, you've been there. So yeah, it's just like. I was there today. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Little do you know. <laughs> it's an um, everyday struggle. Yeah, so it's kind of cool now. I can kind of like, I'll probably work on more art now. You know, I've just yeah. been recording lately and playing and music, music, music. And like, that's it. And then now I'm going to be like, well, I don't have, I got a little interface with some speakers and I'm going to get a guitar out there. Um, and I'll have that, but I'm pretty sure I'm going to end up, like, getting back on the brush. Yeah, dude. Like, cooking myself really nice, healthy breakfasts and then fucking yeah. probably get into yoga. boy. Start getting into shit where I'm like, well, what else am I going to do? I can't, like, get a text message from Ruben and, like, hey, dude, you want to go fucking get some wings? It's like, no one's going to text me anymore. Like, I no love one. those texts. Yeah, yeah. Anyone, anytime yeah. anyone wants wings. So there's no... Yeah. 
I'm kind of forced in a situation in a good way. That's to, good to change yeah. change my routine and create a new uh, regiment that's in favor for me to do um, to express in a positive way. And that's also like mm-hmm. so when I come back, I'll feel and and like hopefully feel a lot better in that the thing that I and the things that I've been lacking in. So yeah. I can kind of put that energy now back into drums and do that, you know. That's great. Man. Even though I'm only there for like two months, it's gonna it's gonna feel like um, a long time. Yeah, Dude, that's awesome. But um, yeah. yeah one one more question for you, because I know I know you got a, a crazy day tomorrow. Um, <laughs> where do you see? Only because obviously we're we're still in a a worldwide pandy. Yeah, you know we got we got a, we got a pandy going on still. Uh, what where do you see? <laughs> Where do you see music going? Where where do you see the industry going? It's really hard. Um, I think live shows are going to be really hot for a minute. Like, right away. I don't know if people are going to really want to pay attention to too much content that's out. But people are going to want to be there now because they've been missing out. They're going to want to whatever music can. I mean, everyone could put on a good show these days, whatever music can put on really great shows, but also there's going to be a lot of everyone's, the gates are going to be open. Mm -hmm. So you're going to have every band and all the little bands that just started or the bands that started last year or the bands that started getting more hype last year, they're going to get trampled by the huge bands that are like have more cred and you're gonna a lot of mm-hmm. probably a lot of smaller bands and not small by any means like it could even put us in that category where like we think like oh we're gonna come out swinging and it's like no deftones and metallica and guns and roses and all these other bands are gonna be mm-hmm. van sevenfold and shit they're all gonna be doing these shows and it's, it might not give us that you know yet mm-hmm. but I think it it might be like uh, the bands that have already been killing it for the last 10 years are going to be cool, safe. But -hmm. the bands that like recently kind of started or have just been kind of trailing along, they might have to suffer a lot more. But that's what I think it'll be like once the pandemic um, starts to die down and shows start to become regulated. But um, it's hard to tell. I don't even I, I have no idea. And I've I've never really been right about the only time I've ever been right about music was uh, we did a tour with Falling in Reverse or I was on a tour that was on tour with Falling in Reverse mm-hmm. and Ronnie just got out of jail and they were playing like three or four hundred cap rooms but they were fucking packed like brim like 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 in something i never seen and it's all like a lot of younger emo kids you know mm-hmm. like my chemical romance made a parade type people mm-hmm. and i was just like this band's going to be huge like they're already huge but they're going to be even more huge and this you know like i just knew that's and that's like a given like but i never had a moment where i looked at a band and i'm like wow this is like he's going to be playing in front of like 3 or 4000 people in like 2 years and that's exactly what happened with with falling in reverse. Yeah, which you know, shout out to fucking Ron, dude. 
Um, those he knows what he's doing, and he he even corrected his life. He is, yeah. was into drugs and and did all kinds of shit and partying and, you know, he went to prison and came out and, literally like smart fucking dude, and yeah. kills it and like, it's a good example because it's like. I feel similar sometimes like he's had like some some like sh- I guess some flack about the way he's expressed himself on stage or like how he's talked to people and like um, I wouldn't say attitude but just like how he rolls and I'm like I'm kind of that way too like I've done a bunch of fucking shit and said shit and broke down and made mistakes and said fucked up shit and didn't mm-hmm. mean them because I was you know clouded and, and, and not dealing with things right. And it's kind of like, but he got his shit together, pulled through, and now they're like, they're going to be fine for the rest of their career. Mm. They they wrote those records that have mileage, but it's like a different crowd, but it's cool. And he has our back too, you know? So it's very crazy, but I have no idea what's next. Hopefully us. Yeah, we'll, we'll fucking see. People are getting older, so they'll they'll eventually come around. I know we're all we're all getting older, dude. We're we're fucking thirty four. Going to be, you're going to be thirty five in less than a month. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In like twenty eight days or something. Thirty five. I'll be in Ukraine. Wow. I'll be eating dry fish. Atta boy. And freaking drinking crab juice or something. Putting fish up your butt and. <laughs> yeah. And, no. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, doing something different. That's cool. I can't wait. It's natural that way, dude. Yeah, yeah. I know. Celebrating two Christmases. Oh, yeah. Celebrating two New Year's. Wow. And a birthday. And there's like this other Russian holiday that they're doing out there, like January 6th or something. And I'm like, okay, fuck it. That's what's up. Let's do it. (laughs) That's what's up. Well, Alex, I know I don't want to keep it for too much longer. I know you got a crazy day uh, tomorrow. You're, You're literally flying across the world tomorrow. Yeah. Fucking nuts, dude. Well, dude, thank you for being a part Fuck of yeah. this uh, this uh, blast off. Yeah, into, into the unknown. This is a uh, episode yeah. one. Episode Appreciate one. It. Yeah, yeah, I'm down. You're you're my brother. Thank, oh yeah. Uh, we I mean, we've we've been through a lot together, man. We've we've seen the world together. We've yeah. been through. We've been in many small rooms and metal tubes that have wings or wheels. Fuck. And uh, we've seen friends and uh, yeah. girls come and go. We've been through it all, man. Yeah. It's it's cool, and, and uh, I'm really. Is, I'm, I'm proud of you that you know you're that, that that you're still here and, and still slamming it, man. You know, and I'm I'm, I'm thankful that uh, that I could still share this experience. Yeah, with, dude. With, Same with you. So it goes again, both ways. Hell for yeah, sure. man. <laughs> Love you guys. All right, thank you All guys. Right, yeah. uh, see ya later. Peace. Peace. And this is where the music gets cued. Well, that's it. If you're still listening or watching. Thank you. Uh, this was my first time ever hosting something, let alone even be a part of a podcast. So I was fucking nervous. Uh, I was worried about the laptop crashing. Is, is there going to be a power outage? Is there going to be a fucking fire truck slamming into the studio? But luckily when Alex walked in, it was a very chill vibe. Uh, everything went off without, without a hitch, pretty much. Uh, that was the first episode. This was recorded back in late November. Because Alex had to fly overseas and hang out with his wife. Uh, he's newly married, so congrats to Alex. Uh, I was so nervous that I forgot to give the poor guy an outro. So if you want to find Alex, he's on Instagram at I am Alex Lopez. And uh, yeah, that's it. So this will be 
a weekly thing. Uh, it's officially up and going, so I hope you all enjoy. And until next time, see you soon. Later.